you can want something, you can wish for something, but if you don't believe that you can have it or that you deserve it, you won't actually go for it. What I want people to know and and to internalize from me the most is that you can achieve anything that you believe you deserve to achieve and you should believe that you deserve anything that you want. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I love today's guest, and I know that you will too. Honoree Corder is the author of dozens of books, including You Must Write a Book, The Prosperous Writer book series, Like a Boss book series, Vision to Reality, Business Dating, The Successful Single Mom book series, If Divorce is a Game, These Are the Rules, and The Divorced Phoenix. She is also Hal Elrod's business partner in the Miracle Morning book series. Honoree coaches business professionals, writers, and aspiring nonfiction authors who want to publish their books to bestseller status create a platform, and develop multiple streams of income. She does all sorts of other magical things, and her badassery is legendary. You can find out more at honorecorder.com. Honoree, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Delightful to be with you. So I always like to start with people's stories, and and yours is very interesting. You have been a very successful author. You do a lot of things, and as we alluded to in your bio there, there's some legendary badassery involved. But Mm -hmm. this wasn't always the case. So take us back to the beginning of your journey and, and what started your path towards writing. I was a business coach in early 2000s. I had transitioned from a previous business into business coaching. And I was, as most coaches are, in pursuit of my highest and best self, which placed me at a personal development seminar in the audience of one Mark Victor Hansen who everyone would know as the co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, among many other things. And after he spoke, he came back to the back of the room and we started talking and he said, so who are you and what do you do? And I was so proud of myself. I said, oh, I'm Honoré and I'm a coach and a speaker. And he said, oh, honey, that's cute. (laughs) Everyone's a coach and a speaker. (laughs) You must write a book. And I thought, oh, All right. Well, how hard could that be? What could possibly go wrong, Dr. Richard, (laughs) just writing a book? And we had a little bit more conversation around what I could write a book on, how to produce the book, um, how to write the book specifically. And that set me off on a course of writing my first book, getting that first book down and on paper, um, publishing it to 
much humiliation and shame. No, <laughs> um, it was very poorly done. I didn't know what I didn't know, which is part of who I am today, making sure that people dot their I's and cross their T's when it comes to writing and publishing their books. And I, I enjoyed it. I found that I enjoyed it. I didn't ever plan on writing another book. I didn't fancy myself as a writer or an author. I was simply told by someone that I respected to write a book. And so I did. And it added revenue to my business. It added cachet to my brand. It positioned me as an authority. I was able to raise my fees. All of the good things that come from being an author were started in that one conversation. So for those listening at home and thinking to myself, why would I need to write a book? And you mentioned that it added cachet to your brand, different revenue streams. Anri, talk to us a little bit about what some of those different revenue streams might be. And for, for somebody who probably has never considered writing a book before, why they should. So some of the revenue streams are money from the book. <laughs> so you will make money from your book, provided that you write the book in a, in a way that it makes it readable, digestible to the reader, that it adds value, that you publish the book professionally and that you continue to market the book basically until you die. Then you will earn money from the digital versions of audio and ebook, the paperback versions, potentially the hardback version. But then this multiple streams of income that can result from publishing your book are speaking, consulting, coaching, uh, group coaching, events, all sorts of other uh, other products that are a result of the book. So repurposing the content of the book into a workbook or a journal or a companion guide or a planner. Lots of different directions you can go once you have the core content of your book mapped out and you have begun production of the book. Does that make sense? It does. Now, you had mentioned, I want to take a step back, as you had mentioned your first book, there was a lot you didn't know. You didn't know what you didn't know. So what what was your first book, just because we didn't mention its title? So the book has, the first book shall remain unnamed. Uh, unnamed, right? okay. It is, it's, it is, that, it's that it unmentionable. Is, it's, it's the book that shall not be named, <laughs> okay. but I redid it. So once I figured out, someone kindly said, Someone kindly said to me, your book is ugly. You're not ugly. Your book is ugly, which is different. Some people take your book is ugly as your baby is ugly. And your book is not your baby. Your book is is a, a, a piece of your business. So you wouldn't take it personally if someone said, oh, your brochure is awful. You would say, oh, I need a, a brochure. Some people tend to put a little more energy or attach more emotion to their book. Nevertheless, I did not. And I'm glad that I didn't. I recognized that my cover was awful, that I needed something that everyone needs, which is an editor and a proofreader and a copy editor um, and eventually an interior design person formatter for the book. And I retitled the book. And a few years ago, I released the 10th anniversary edition of the corrected version. So the corrected version title is Tall Order, Master Strategies for Explosive Business Growth. When it came time to celebrate the 10th anniversary of that first book, I redid it again because I had learned a number of things about publishing that I didn't know on my second go around that I knew by the time I had done it a couple of dozen times. 
So Tall Order is this new book that's just been since revised and chock full of new and exciting knowledge. You you threw a few things out there, and I, I know that writing a book like any new skill can be like drinking from a fire hose. So you mentioned a few different things there. You mentioned an editor, a copy editor, a proofreader. Kind of break us through what, what these things are and how they kind of work together. I call them my book team. There are five uh, components of a professionally published book. In addition to the writer, which is you, right? You will need an editor and there are different types of editors. There are developmental editors who get into the weeds with you and help you to figure out what goes into your book. Some people need that. Some people don't. Um, Then you can have a copy editor that goes through the manuscript and make sure that everything flows correctly. Or you could just have a line editor, someone who just reads one sentence at a time and make sure that it, that it's done perfectly. The complement to the editor is the proofreader. So whether you have one, two, three, or many more editors, you would also have someone else, new fresh eyes, do a final uh, proofread at the end before the book goes to the formatter. So the interior design of a book is very important. And with digital, you can have color and images and all sorts of wonderful things, or you can keep it very simple. Depends on your budget and your timeline and your desire. You will also need a book cover designer to capture the eyes and attention of prospective readers. And then a copy writer, which is not a writer, it's a copywriter, someone who specializes in and has developed the skill of writing sales copy. The sales copy shouldn't necessarily sound like anything that you say in the book. It's meant to sell the book to the person who's looking at the book. To give a quick uh, quick couple of pieces of insight, if someone looks at your book because your book cover is awesome, what actually converts them to buying the book is the sales copy. Sales copy is very important to the book. So you've got your editor, your proofreader, your book cover designer, your formatter, and your copywriter. And those five people are on your book business bench, helping you to produce a well-done book that will serve you at the highest level. And I love that book business bench. So one of the things that I've heard about and, and I'd love for you to expand upon because the digital in- publishing industry is very different than it was, you know, five, 10 years ago with Amazon and, and ebooks and Audible and all these other things. So, would you mind, Honore, walking us through what are the differences between kind of the traditional publishing model and, and the way that you promote that it's done through self publishing? So, I don't know a ton about traditional. I haven't experienced <laughs> it personally. I only know what, what I think most people know, which is that you. Have a book idea, you find an agent to sell your book to a publisher, and then you wait a really, really long time, and most likely you don't make a lot of money. That's my <laughs> what I understand <laughs> about traditional publishing. Unless you happen to be um, well-recognized, have a large platform, are famous, and then they court you, then you may get an advance of a decent size and make some money from your book. I am working with 
a six-time New York Times bestselling author who told me she has writing classes to pay her bills because she doesn't make any money from her six New York Times bestselling books. Wow. But we are working on her first self-published book, and she's really excited because even though she is not the only person who will receive royalties from the book, she will make more from the one book than she makes from all of the six other books. Obviously, I am an advocate of self-publishing, and I'm happy to give you a few reasons why. One is you have complete control. You have complete creative control. You have complete control over the time, the price of the book, the price of the books in most formats. We actually, uh, as of right now, ACX, which is the Audible platform for self-publishing, you can upload your audiobook and they determine the price based on the length of the book. So you do not have a line of sight into the price of the book until it actually goes live. However, for your Kindle book, your iBooks book, your any other online digital platform, you can manipulate the prices as often as you'd like to. If you'd like to, you get to choose the price of the book um, and also the paperback and also the hardcover book. I like having creative control, financial control, timing control. I decide when the book comes out. I decide when I announce the book, um, all of the things. I think that's enough. <laughs> I, think, no, I, I think that's compelling I, 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 enough. It's, it's very compelling. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. And so for those listening to this and thinking to themselves, well, you know, all of these things to do, having a book bench, this sounds perhaps way over what a normal person could afford in terms of budget and time. Talk to us about how that that's not true. Um, I recommend that someone budget, and this might be a very big number for most people, between five and $6,000 to professionally publish their book between multiple editing passes, the proofreading, the interior design, having a really good book cover done and getting your copywriting done. If you plan to spend five or $6,000 on your book, in addition to publishing the book, but actually to publish the book doesn't cost anything. To upload it to the platforms, you actually don't pay anything to publish the book. It's to Prepare the book for publishing is where you spend the money. But five or $6,000, if your book is created correctly, launched and marketed correctly, will return many times that amount to you, especially if you're a professional who's writing a nonfiction book meant to position you as an authority, add multiple streams of income to your business, help you to engage new customers or clients, those sorts of things. Then, then that type of an investment is actually minor compared to what you would pay for other uh, promotional opportunities or marketing opportunities. 
And in your experience, I know that this is kind of a loaded question, but if somebody were to sit down to write a 200-page book and they get their first draft of it, uh, what is generally the amount of time it would take to take you know that first draft and then go through the book be- book business bench and through that process and get that ready to be publishable? Well, I'm going to give you the lawyer answer, of course, which is it, de- <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Um, it ha- there are many factors. Uh, are you a writer? Do you write on a regular basis? Do you have writing skills? Do you have good command of the language you're writing in? All of that factors in to how much editing your book is going to need and how much cleanup it's going to need. And after many dozens of books, my books still come back to me looking like a crime scene. So you never get past the point of needing an editor or someone to correct a manuscript. Your job is to get your thoughts and ideas and value down on paper. And the editor's job is to make it readable. It just, how long is that road? We don't know until your book goes in for editing. Totally makes sense. You asked me how long it would take this, but once it goes into that process, assuming you keep it on schedule in, I wrote a book called You Must Write a Book. And there's a companion workbook, I Must Write My Book, which gives three different book publishing schedules. So I do the, my pants are on fire 100 days. I need to get my book done. And there's a timeline for how long to uh, allow for each part of the process. Then there's the more reasonable six month, 180 days. And then there's the much nicer and less stressful one year's time, which allows for several months for the first draft of the book to be written. Meanwhile, you are putting your bench together. You're identifying the people that you're going to work with and getting on their schedule so that they're ready for you when you're ready for them. The worst thing that I hear is, my book is ready, now what do I do with it? Because no editor that's worth their salt is sitting around waiting for a manuscript to read. My editor um, is two to three months out on projects. So I have to call her and say, okay, I'm thinking of writing a book. When are you available? And then I book that date. Interesting. And... Yeah, you've mentioned that you've you have created dozens of books, and yet you also said that after you wrote that first one, you had no real intention or idea that you would write another. So I'm curious what what was the switch there that changed that for you? Well, there there's one pivotal moment. I actually liked it, and I I went a few years later, and then I had an idea. I watched an Oprah show where she interviewed a single mom and she made the single mom look as pathetic as possible before the makeover. And then they did the makeover. And of course, uh, Oprah's comment was, well, of course she looks like a schlumpadinka. She's a single mom. And I was like, I take exception to that. I'm a single mom and I look fabulous. I (laughs) humbly so. Right. But I was like, why is that the given? Why is it a given that, oh, you're a single mom and we should pity you as opposed to applauding you for being awesome. So I wrote The Successful Single Mom and then I decided to turn it into a series. During those years of 2009 to 2013, Kindle became a thing. Kindle had been around for a little while, but it became something that people knew about and they were buying digital books and putting them on their Kindle. And through a series of interesting events, I had moved and changed my address and not updated it in the Kindle system. I found out that I had a few thousand dollars worth of royalties that 
they had been trying to mail me in the form of a check for quite some time. And once I realized that I had sold many more books than I thought, I thought it would be super fun to create a stream of income from my books that I could live off of if I wanted to. I didn't necessarily have the goal of being a full-time writer and doing nothing else. I just wanted to create a substantial uh, stream of income that I could live off of if I wanted to. Discovering of the royalties from the book series and then recognizing that I could actually make a living off of it was a cool thing. And I decided to have an ex- to set a goal and do an experiment to see if in five years time, I could be making a six-figure income from my books. And it took me three years to hit that. Well, that's reason enough. That's awesome. So what, what a happy discovery from, from Amazon to have all that money just kind of sitting around for you. And so your newest book is, is you have to write a book. Is that correct? So you must write a book I published in October of 2016. My most recent publication is the compilation of the Like a Boss series that I wrote with fiction author Ben Hale. We wrote a we just wanted to write books together because we are friends and, and we wanted to work on a project together. So we wrote Write Like a Boss, Publish Like a Boss, and Market Like a Boss. So most recently, we released that as a box set. A box set of being like a boss. Take us through just a little bit, a kind of a high-level overview, Honoré, of what that series of books will help a person do. Transition from. I write when I feel like it to I write because I want to make a living at it. I publish professionally because I want to give my book the best chance to be successful. And I market continuously because you're never done marketing anything, most especially your book. Well, Anari, this was enlightening. I think the, the bottom line for those listening is that if you we're maybe on the fence about writing a book that there's clearly a lot of reasons why one should do it, including revenue streams and the brand cash and some of those other things. But as you know, what I like to do is I wrap up every episode of my show by asking my guests, what is their biggest helping? And that is the single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to, to walk away with after listening to this episode today. Well, it's something that we haven't talked about, which is that you have to have a belief in yourself in order to make anything happen. You can want something, you can wish for something, but if you don't believe that you can have it or that you deserve it, you won't actually go for it. What I want people to know and and to internalize from me the most is that you can achieve anything that you believe you deserve to achieve, and you should believe that you deserve anything that you want. Beautiful. I love that. Honoré, where can people find you? They can find me at honorequarter.com. Perfect. And for those of you at the gym or behind the wheel, we will have links to everything Honoré in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com, as well as in her episode on the Daily Helping app available on iTunes and Android. Well, Honoré, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was great having you. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. 
And thanks to each and every one of you who chose to listen in to this episode. If you liked what you heard, go subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the podcast. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. <laughs>